Hello and welcome to another episode of the Toothless Aggression Podcast. As usual, I am your host Daniel Golding and I will soon be joined by my partners in crime, Sam Holmes and James Goodwin. This brand new podcast will be about the top 100 matches that was recently posted on WWE.com. We're going to, normally these shows will be just one episode and then that'll be it. So then a nice little teaser episode, so it's all like 10-15 minutes. For this one we decided to go for three episodes in one just to sort of kick things off. Okay, and so without further ado, let's start this podcast. Where Sami Zayn, after battling for 18 months towards the NXT Championship, he's facing his friend Gary Neville, Adrian Neville, for the NXT Championship. In which, if Sami Zayn loses because he's had a few shots before, he will walk away from NXT. Shots of JD. What? Why do you get shots? Then he'll be shots. Oh right, okay. Yeah. All right. Razor. Um, right, so going in, the crowd is completely behind Sammy Zayn. Like, Olay chants, everything. Why are they not into Neville? He's wearing his Pokemon pants. <laughs> I, think it's, pants I think it's because Neville had been champion. Had Neville been champion for the longest time so far? Yeah, for NXT, yeah. Yeah. Because he's beaten um, Bo Dallas for yeah. the fucking title. And he's beaten Sammy Yay. Zayn a couple of times as well already. So... Um, we got, uh, the start of the match was a lot of technical sort of method, feeding each other out. They didn't out. waste any time, did they? There was no sort of like, 
stare at each other down or anything. It was right in there. No, it was straight in. Um, Neville flew around um, before doing a tilt whirl. Uh, we got a springboard moonsault to the outside by Sami Zayn, where he does that nice little thing where he sort of bounces onto the ropes and over from the ropes. Um, there's a head scissor takedown by Neville, um, which it's just really quick action. Uh, Sami Zayn dives over the top to the outside. We also get a handspring from Adrian Neville, but Sami catches him on his shoulder and hits the blue thunderbomb. That's a close two count. Uh, there was a very nasty looking sit out powerbomb done by um, Adrian Neville. Uh, then it looked like Neville was sort of taking control and he hit a few elbows onto Sammy and Sammy did that whole thing where he sort of powers up and they had a stiff elbow and kick fest I put. Um, we get a red arrow but it goes onto the knees which is turned into a cozy clutch which Neville gets to the ropes for. Uh, we get an accidental ref bump in which Sammy checks on the ref, turns around, gets a super kick into a reverse um, Hurricane Luck Rana, which is a very late um, two count uh, because Sammy Zayn actually lost the match like two or three weeks before by the same the same move. So they were sort of harking back to that. Uh, because of the kick out, the crowd gets louder and we get bigger Olo chants. Uh, Sammy dives through the ropes with the Tornado DDT where he runs on the outside, runs through the ring of the ropes and gets a Tornado DDT to the outside. Uh, hell over kick on the inside but the ref gets it because Neville pulls him close in. Um, because of that Neville brings in the title belt but Sammy kicks him down. Sammy thinks about using the belt but then decides that he wants to win it by himself. Drops the belt to which Neville then rolls him up for what looked like it was going to be a free count but he kicked out. Then Sammy suplexed Adrian Neville into the corner, a kick, Sammy Zayn wins, he finally wins the title. Um, afterwards, we get a big celebration in which the whole locker room comes out, including the debut in Kevin Owens, and then Kevin Owens attacks his best friend for the title. I think that's something that quite as well as well. Yeah, it's the entire match. I think, yeah. Now, the thing with all these 100 greatest matches is you, you need to go back and watch them as we've watched them. Yeah, and then listen to us, and then can't be right for you. Think, holy shit, we're wrong. I think I think what was really good about this match was the the emotion because Sammy was building it up, building it up mm. like he had to win this. Well, at the beginning of the match, I sat there thinking to myself, I was like, mm, it's a good match. I'm sitting there saying to Dan, Sam, I'm like, this they're really not good matches. With the technical wrestling at the beginning, I didn't really get it. And then all of a sudden, I clicked and I did 180, and the guys got me invested in the story. I couldn't really, I think from the beginning, because of both guys, and obviously knowing El Generico's and Neville, I think definitely because knowing Neville and being so used to his sort of work in Dragon Gate USA and. Um, uh, Evolve and other companies he's worked for, I was so used to his high spots and not his sort of storytelling. This was the sort of first match I've ever seen Neville, or Park as you want to call him, sort of use ring psychology. And once I got into the feel of the match I was telling, then I was drawn in. It was amazing. I, I loved it. They were so smart. So, so many good bumps. Everything made sense. Every move made sense. Every spot made sense. And like I say, the build-up of Zayn's desperation 
coming in it was fucking gripping man well also i think neville's desperation as well because he started mm-hmm. really using a breath then he he was thinking about going for a belt shot that's yeah he, the, both guys sort of reverting to show their desperation to, to result to his tactics was fucking awesome i loved it especially how torn zane was Sort of like, I'm going to use the belt, I've got an opportunity, I can take it. Mm, mm, I really mm. like the fact that he didn't use it though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked how he um, he displayed the inner struggle he had. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which no- normally would be like, oh, just get on with it. But actually, that was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed this match. I mean, Neville, I've never really paid much attention to because I look at him and just think he's an orc, to be honest. But, and I'm not flying a flag for him or anything, but I actually was really impressed by him in this match. Because, I mean, there was no waste of any time when you got into it. Um, he, I mean, those holds he had, those, um, the few knots, and everything he did. Yes. Um, well, so, I'm thinking Cena, I hope you're watching, because actually, there's a lot you know, of stuff Cena like, from, seriously, yeah. yeah, I know, but, um, yeah, I was just really impressed by him. There were so many amazing moves that you've already covered, but, um, yeah, I can't <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, just, um, the amount of times when Sammy would go through the side of the ring, and landing on his feet or you know clothes lines were just absolutely perfect everything was just stunning honestly yeah i mean where where is this neville and sammy zane now you know exactly because I, I i forgot how good neville is um i never forgot how good sammy zane was but yeah it's just it was a good a very good match for us to start on yeah. i very, think this, this match could have easily headlined a lot of the pay-per-views in a lot of the ones we've but it was like we said yeah sorry it was like we said during the match it was like you know in that full cell university in that small arena you capture the energy and then this is why i prefer small rest not small small yeah small arenas small crowds to massive stadiums because you lose the energy in these small arenas like small shows you know three four thousand people mm. the energy is all captured in that one thing you can hear it and even you were saying that this crowd is so loud yeah it's they just, were. you're close everything's combining together i think yeah no it was yeah you know the crowd were really good for yeah. the match the match was really good every spot was caught upon you know what i mean yeah i mean sam how did you sort of freaking take that yeah no like i said i really enjoyed this match i think it was absolutely perfect it's better than a lot of the matches we've seen recently Personally, I don't think I think it deserved to be a lot higher up than 100. Well, but it's definitely a really good way to yeah, start. Yeah, we won't start. we won't start saying that yet. We've, I mean, we'll get to that to the end. But you've also got to think of all of the matches that we're going to have. Oh before, yeah, we, no, I know it's easy know, to say that at the very beginning. Like um, scouring the the 100 is a few omissions we've seen. Mm-hmm. So I think just for this match itself, man. I mean, for what we I was going to be a spot for this. You got to think this match is only two years old, so it's very recent. So it's three, three years old. Three years old. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just it had great delivery, very smart psychology with crisp wrestling, not just high spots. So uh, Sam reckons it should have come higher in the hundreds. What do you reckon? It's good in the hundreds. I think it's a good match to start off with. Yeah, you reckon hundreds worthy? Yeah, hundreds worthy because it's not in the annual time yet, but people will be looking back, maybe they will put it higher up in the, t- in the space of time, you know, maybe another 10 years time, 15, if we go back and go, yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the marquee matches of what started NXT, do you um, know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think I kind of agree, like, I don't think this is Sami Zayn's best match, I think this is probably Neville's best match that I've seen, mm-hmm. but like, Sami Zayn, you've got, 
Sami Zayn against Cesaro. You've got Sami Zayn against Nakamura. You've got Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens. Mm. So, and I know that Sami Zayn Nakamura is not in the top 100. Yeah. So, I'm All guessing right. I'm okay with this at 100. But this, ain't, this ain't obviously El Generico Ring of Honor stuff, but this is a good matchup for NXT. Yeah, but no. Um, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's mm-hmm. a good way to kick it off. That definitely deserves to be... It's a good opener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the curtain raiser. Yeah. Um, so that was match 100. Uh, as you can probably guess, we're going to go for another 99 of these. So um, next match will be DDP against Goldberg. Um, we'll see you in the next one. I think they said it was 155 matches. 155. Um, So, Goldberg going into Halloween Havoc. He's the world heavyweight champion. Diamond Dallas Page is challenging Goldberg for the match. Um, So, at the start of the match, I'll just run through the match and then we'll decide what we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. after, alright? So, we've got power against DDP at first. So, DDP keeps going to lock up to Goldberg, but he's just pushing him back. Um, DDP keeps throwing everything at Goldberg. That's the story of the match. But Goldberg just keeps powering back and powering back. Then the match turns on its head when um, Goldberg misses a spear and hits straight into the ring post. Um, There's a diamond cutter called for by Diamond Dallas Page, but then there's a massive spear. It's huge. Um, Jackhammer, but Goldberg can't do it because of the hurt shoulder from the ring post. That's turned into a diamond cutter, but diamond cutter... Um, Diane Dallas Page can't cover for too long, to which um, we get a two count. Then Diamond Dallas Page goes for a suplex, but that suplex has turned to a jackhammer for the win. Um, quick match, but that's it. That's the match. Loved it. 
Yeah. Loved. Not this Goldberg. This was Goldberg as over as he'd ever been. Had the title when he came out. As soon as you hear the dun 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 just you hear that, and it's like your hair just standing on end, man. It's that big fight feel, and it's like we spoke about like modern day now with Brock and Goldberg. Like Brock and Goldberg are the only ones that have this feel to them. I know Taker's got his aura. But there is no one else in America that has this feel to them. Not in wrestling, anyway. I was about to say, Conor McGregor. Different sport. But um, th- these two guys feel like the main event. And the DDP here, this this was cool, man, because like DDP is just awesome. Because the whole character of DDP at this point, DDP is over. He's probably one of the only guys that had been standing toe to toe with the NWO. He was over as fuck. He was probably their biggest baby face apart from Goldberg. I found that kind of weird that they were both faces because the crowd didn't know who to cheer for. Yeah, but you got to, you got to imagine the crowd for the last two years had the NWO shoved down their throats yeah, in every right. main event. So for them to have a baby baby on baby for the world title, this was like WCW proper. But the match itself, man, was great. Like you say, the perfect blend of power and speed. What do you want to say? And some of the things Goldberg did in this match, fucking incredible. That, that backflip. Yeah, he does a random handspring backflip that oh, I don't think we've ever seen from Goldberg. No, and even Tony Schiavone's like, my God, did I just see, that's the worst impression ever, did I just see Goldberg do what I did? He keep going for that fucking armbar. Where did Goldberg get that armbar from? Yeah, he did an armbar. Incredible. But I mean, Goldberg just, power just, move Goldberg. I mean, the storytelling was, was the best. I mean, DDP obviously laid out this match. And oh my days, did he take Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg obviously held up his end. But did he pull him through? And I mean, and the ending bit with the hitting the shoulder into the turnbuckle, yeah, and uh, into the well, into the corner, and then the spear injuring himself, couldn't get DDP up for the first time with the jackhammer. Second time got him up, counter into the diamond cutter. Brilliant sequence. I think that's one of the highlights of the match. DDP man, he's selling as well. Incredible. Sam, do we um, know what um, the story is leading up to this match? What the reasons for this match? Uh, I think it was just uh, just the usual I want the title. Goldberg's okay. undefeated. This, this, this has been DDP fighting his way up through the rankings to become the number one contender. Because yeah. in WCW, the whole contenders and the number and being a number one contender was a thing. It wasn't just I'm going to become number one contender this week and this month I'm a number one contender. There was a whole rankings. It was all sort of watched. It was a very very serious yeah. thing. This was this different. This was a different style. Because you've got to remember, WCW's roots were still rooted in the old NWA, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance. That's what turned into WCW. And they still held a certain sort of tradition in WCW. Even though WCW had become crazy with the NWR and all this, that, that still basis of the ranking system existed. Which I think is missing in wrestling today. Uh, I don't know, I, I think it adds legit, legitimacy to the sport. That's I think it's missing. <laughs> I think it's missing. Give a sport. Yeah. Give a sport. No, I, th- I think this match felt very personal very quickly because they just threw themselves at each other. Um, it was nice to see an old match of EVPs because I haven't seen him move with that much energy ever, I don't think. Um, and Goldberg, you know, I write, I've written down here that time when um, DDP tried to sort of swipe. 
Goldberg, and like you say, you flipped up. That was actually really impressive. Yeah. I thought if I just made that up in my head, because yeah, um, Goldberg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was a bit shocked by that. Well, you said then you said, "Is this fucking Goldberg I'm watching?" Yeah. It's strange. strange. He, he was an incredible athlete. And that spear looked like it probably knocked the wind out of him as well. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard spear. Like I think Goldberg landed on his head, and it was so hard. But this match can be summed up that there was a great story told in the ring. I think this is probably the best Goldberg match I've ever seen, apart from the Goldberg Scott Steiner match. This match is very, very good. I don't know if that match is on the top one, but show it's not. So I think it's an impressive, it was an impressive match, and it was a very big, strong match. There's big guys, but I felt like because they were, they were moving quick, considering they were big guys, but I didn't think it was particularly fast. Yeah. Fast because they were big, do you know what I mean? Like not for a generic Yeah, it was kind of a story of DDP was just throwing everything he could at the big, strong Goldberg. Um but he just couldn't get anywhere. Mm. It was it was set up like DDP was gonna win it, but obviously Goldberg had this massive undefeated streak that they wanted to keep together so that Kevin Nash could take it. Which is a story for me, but Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, I didn't think I think it was a good match because I don't really like WCW, but no, it was it was a good match. Nice change of pace for the last match. Yeah. And, and it it definitely reflected at the time how different the WWF was compared to, to WCW. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I would say WCW's wrestling was more far at this time. WC WWE WWF sorry, I would consider more sloppy. I don't think their work rate. I think was um, up to up, the work rate at this time in the WWF wasn't up to par what WCW had because WCW had everyone had all the best wrestlers had Benoit had the had the cruiserweights had the had the technical wrestlers and it had the big marquee names. WWF still had the characters. I think and also, the Vince um, Russo booking. WWF was kind of car crash wrestling yeah. a lot of the time, and WCW was. Do you know like, what? That is the perfect analogy for it. Yeah. Um, it or was, WCW still wrestling. I mean, it was. This is two years before they got like people like Benoit and yeah. Well, this this is it's, it's like I say it's this 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 next two years like I say the ball game sort yeah. of changes around. But um, so Sam, do you reckon it was deserving of ninety nine? Do you reckon higher, lower? Um, I know list. we can't. We're not going to spend the whole list comparing each one to every other one because they're getting possible after a while. Personally, I would have swapped 100 with 99. Yeah. Yeah, I personally prefer the Sami Zayn Neville match over this one. Right, okay. But maybe that's the fact that I've come into it a lot later than you guys, and maybe it's a bit of a nostalgia playing for you two, I'm not too sure. Right, but I would have put it at 100 Again, I think it's a good match to be flirting around the low runs. Yeah. Because, for you, this is not a match. If, you, if I was to sit back and think about some of the greatest matches in my mind, this one wouldn't even float in it. So it's a nice match to be added in the 90s to see. Um, I think I actually agree with you. I think yeah. I would actually put the Sami Zayn match over Goldberg, but maybe that's just because we're conditioned to think of a certain style of wrestling. Yeah. Well, I think you should look it. at a match as in on its own and not think for Goldberg that was bloody impressive. But you're thinking own. about two matches that are new on 20 years apart from each yeah, other. That's true. Yeah, of course. I mean, I definitely think. I don't know, it's hard to say this early on, to say whether it should be in the 100 or not, because I don't know what other WCW matches are in the 100. Well, you've got to think, the year prior to this, you had, like, freaking Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio with that incredible match from Halloween Havoc. I mean, if I was... That, that would have been one year ago today, I think which I know is definitely high. When, uh, when I asked myself, is this deserving of 
in the top 100 and I sit there and I think of my favourite matches of all time, like my top 10, um, I'd probably say I don't think it should be in the top 100. But well, then a that's, a because, lot of matches, though. that's because I'm thinking of my personal opinion because I've I think we've covered it in the we've covered it in the main podcast before. I'm not a fan of power match against someone who can't match that power. Mm. I think that's the reason why it's still a good match. I really enjoy you don't like the differences but, in styles, which yeah sometimes like I say I mean I would say seven out of ten times it doesn't work because guys are outmatched. This time it did work. And uh, it, it's, it takes a lot for Goldberg to impress me. Mm-hmm. Um, DDP definitely impressed me, but it takes a lot for Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg impressed me with that flip. I was going to say, if that didn't impress yeah. you, then um, well, I don't know what will. I'm, I'm, I'm of that mindset with Goldberg, and that's how I sort of view wrestling that. He, to me, his presence, his aura is that of a main eventer. So in my mind, Goldberg doesn't, not have to, doesn't have to do a lot in the ring, but he's got to do just enough. Because he's a headweight. He's a main eventer. So he's a big guy. I'm not expecting that, like I say, a Chris Benoit level sort of style of match. Yeah. But him being in there with DDP, now DDP's not exactly a small guy, but he's not a hedge guy. Do you know what I mean? He's not Goldberg, but you know he's a workhorse. And these two together worked hard. Mm. I mean, DDP, I think, worked harder than Goldberg. He led Goldberg through the match. Which, hey, which personally, I think, it's, I, I, I think it's a good match, which I'll probably say about every single match on this top 100. I personally wouldn't put it in the top 100. That's my opinion. Oh, I think it's a nice little match to be sitting in the 90s. Yeah, I just, you know... I mean, it, it could be, this match could be anywhere from, in, say, I think, 99 to 92, 91. I think it's impressive because it's Goldberg in the match, because we all know that Goldberg isn't that great. But I also think it's quite a formulaic match. You know, it's a big power guy yeah, going in. It deserves to be where... It, Deserves to be for it being 1998 and two of WCW's big faces. Uh, you know, obviously it was a big match. It was Halloween Havoc as well, which mm-hmm. is one of the most prestigious um, pay-per-views that Halloween mm-hmm. Havoc is. So yeah. I'm okay with it being there, but I personally wouldn't put it in the top one. Well, I think it deserves to be there. Yeah. So, um, you guys got any opinions? Just let us know. That was uh, number 99. Uh, we've got 98 more to go, which is a good start because we're now we got 98 next, which will be we'll be going a little further back for ECW, in which the great Suzuki, Grand I'm going to butcher these names, <laughs> I'm really sorry, Grand Hamada, Grand Naniwa against Terry Boy, Dick Togo, and Takamichinoku at ECW Bailey League. You know that one well. You're not Takamichinoku. Goddamn boy, you can't be saying the car that round, boy. So we shall see you in the next um, bonus episode.
here we are, number 98 of the top 100, in which we see... Have you practiced these yet since the last the, time? Uh, the great Sasuke, Grand Hamada and Grand Nenawa against Terry Boyd, Dick Togo and Takamichi Noku at ECW <laughs> Barely Legal 1997. I feel like I did that pretty well there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, this is This is a... All Japan spectacular six-man tag. Yeah, it's, it's basically All Japan faces versus the Japanese version of the BWI. Yes. Uh, I think we just laid out a little bit of groundwork here. Basically, and this Sam, is obviously yeah, especially Sam and some of the at home. Obviously, some people ain't gonna know what the fuck is going on here. You've got All Japan faces Great Sasuke, great, great Suzuki, and his gang. Versus the Japanese contingent of the BWO. Oh no no no! Before before you continue, is it Sasuke or is it Suzuki? Because I know obviously you got Shinsuke. Yeah. And Shinsuke. Well, see, I always thought it was pronounced Sasuke, but I actually think it's a different wrestler. Right, brilliant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just gonna go with Great Suzuki okay. because Joey Styles was saying Suzuki, so for this match it's Suzuki. Okay. Okay. And then you got Suzuki Gun, which is again spelled completely different. Yeah. Well, you got so, yeah, exactly. Let's not start there. We actually speak Japanese, so yeah. fuck it. Great Suzuki and his boys versus the BWO in the other corner. Now, the Japanese BWO, basically ECW, well, basically, just to run long to, before I start rumbling all the way. Basically, New Japan invented the NWO. That's where the NWO first came before. Then, obviously, WCW had their working group with New Japan. The NWO was formed with WCW. ECW parried the NWO with the BWO and ECW, and then ECW had a working agreement with All Japan, so BWO had was christened in All Japan. Okay, if that makes sense. And then these are all going against each other. Um, I'm gonna try my best to run this match down. This match was. Um, this is a hundred miles per hour from the start. This is a. If you, I mean, you got to be a. Just before we go into the match, you've got to be a. You would never watch this match unless you're a. I'm following this list or some sort of living basement wrestling purist. Like me and you. Like me and you, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, first of all... Yeah, I, we are living in a basement. Room. No, no. I've got a big mortgage, people. Um, Plan of the fucking office. Don't forget the office, Yeah, man. the TA network. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to point out the difference in quality of the television from not only NXT, but WCW in the last one to ECW. It's kind of jarring how blurry and this, standard definition. This, this, this was sort of like your standard sort of early Ring of Honor fucking shows. Man. I wouldn't even say that. I actually think Ring of Honor was better quality. Well, I've seen some ropey oh. fucking, maybe CGW level, yeah. IWA Mid-South fucking, you know, shit. And this ring is very loud. It's a really loud ring. Um, we get a bit um, a back body drop swapped into a tilt a whirl arm drag by I want to say Nanawa. Um, uh, there's a stiff headbutt by Hamada onto Takamichinoku, which is then f- he flipped back into a crossface. Uh, we get a head spring crossbody by Suzuki. Uh, baseball slide into a head scissors on the floor by Nanawa, which is a really cool move. I don't understand why they don't use that move nowadays. Too high risk. Flip into a clothesline by Togo and then a double stomp by Takamichinoku for the triple uh, tag team move for a two count. There's also a triple team powerbomb for a two count. 
They try and get Great Suzuki up for a triple power one, but he reverses it into a Hurricane Rana after he actually gets his arse off the floor. Um, there's a moonsault into the crowd by Great Suzuki. A springboard plancher to the outside by Takamichi Noku. There's also a springboard drop kick by Takamichi Noku. There's a load of planchers that I couldn't keep up with. And then finally, there's a dragon suplex for the win by Great Suzuki. It sounds like there wasn't a lot in this match. That's just, I personally couldn't if keep you up can't, with if you're, the if you're writing, 10 things have happened by the time you've looked up again because it was just crazy, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, for anyone who watches the old New Japan style, like, there's like, I will say a move, but there's four moves in that move to create that move. This is one of those matches you, just to keep up with us on the podcast, I mean, the last match, Goldberg and DP, we described it because we were able to explain the formula. Mm-hmm. But this match, as Dan was saying, this is one of those Japan-style matches, man. I mean, this is, this is the difference between Western wrestling and Eastern wrestling. And the, just the different... Just a completely different basis. I mean, uh, best way I can say it's quick. It's the speed. It's the speed and the impact mm. these guys hit their moves. Japanese wrestling is strong style right here. High octane. Snap. I mean, that's what I said. The moves are all snapping action. It's like, it's stiff. It's all the moves are with force. I mean, you watch the American style, especially even in the late 80s compared to what got now. It was slow, plodding, methodical, at times boring. Very Neanderthalic, you could say. Then you've got the Japanese guys that are just fucking whizzing around like they're on speed. When you got in there, you've got one of the guys that sort of evolution evolutionised the um, junior heavyweight, cruiserweight, light heavyweight, whatever style you want to call it. Then the great Sasuke, great Suzuki, whatever you want to fucking call him. Yeah. He he was the master. He he really, I mean, in the junior the junior heavyweights. And Joey Styles even said like last night. Sas Suzuki's knackered because he's got Jack because he fought fucking Jushin Thunder Liger for the Triple Crown, the Triple J, J Crown Championship, whatever it was, at the Corrigan Hall. So you knew what was going down, man. I mean, just just amazing. The speed, uh, it's just it's just so freaking snappy. Like and like Dan said for the finish with the Dragon Suplex, it was just it was just snapped. He snapped it. Power bomb. Normally, guys. When you see someone go up for a power bomb, it's normally the power bomb comes up, we wait a second, and the guy comes down. When Sasuke did it, Suzuki did it, I don't give a fuck what his name is, he comes back, and you can see him pull him back, and then slam him. So it's like, impact. There's just so much impact. Whipping him. Yeah, whipping. Or whipping action. fluid motion. Yeah. Yeah, these Japanese guys, man, it's just strong style. It's stiff. It's so much more quicker, and so much stiff than what we're used to seeing nowadays. And... What these ECW fans were seeing in that hall, a lot of them probably had never even seen it before. Well, yeah, no, this is during the days in which you wouldn't be able to find anything online. Well, this, 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 this was even this before this was this was even before the WCW WCW just getting the cruiserweights into their company now. Yeah. So it was all very, and I think this is before the WCW even had the working agreement. I think so with New Japan just before. So yeah, crazy, crazy match again. Like before, this is a match for the wrestling purist because there's no backstory here. This is just, and a lot of matches in Japan are six mans or tag teams, are multi man matches. And this was your stand, this is what you get a lot of in Japan. 
Yeah, this is like this is the sort of match in which the young bucks made their mate. Yeah, high work rate. Yeah, um, high octane. I also want to say, it's like watching this sort of match, you can see where someone like Chris Benoit learned how to do his snap suplex. We've always commented on how quick that he is. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that he worked in Japan to be able to get it that quick. Well, say, and that in, hard. J- in Japan, their match is ten a penny. Yeah. I mean, well, that was one of the things as well. Um, when Benoit was Pegasus kid. Or the great Pegasus, one of the two, one of whichever gimmick he was. was Pegasus King. Yeah, he fought great oh, Suzuki yeah. in the battle of best of the Super Juniors in the final. Yeah. Or the quarterfinals. I think he might have won the quarterfinal match. So I think he faced Jushin on the Liger in the final. But yeah, the match those two had fucking incredible. That that definitely needs to be up there. But we keep dropping Benoit in this because he's not. No Benoit matches are actually going to be. Including in the top hundred because yeah. this is WWE's list. So well, I feel that it's important that we get Benoit's name in here now because this style, that original style that Benoit bought into WCW and also WWE at the time was had its roots based in this. I didn't realise that. That's so unfair. What? No, I just I didn't, it never occurred to me that he wouldn't be in the list at all for that obvious mm-hmm. reason. Uh, yeah, it's an obvious yeah. reason why he's not Yeah, but I just realised there's so many incredible matches. Which is a, yeah, out. which is annoying because um, I mean we're not going to turn this into a Benoit debate, no, no, but no, there's going to be a lot of matches out there that the, the triple threat match that we are we covering very soon. Um, yeah, it, they're not going to be in there. That's just as well because yeah. the top ten will yeah. be. Yeah, there. there's <laughs> lots of matches in there, like The Rock versus Benoit. Not going to be yeah. there. But, Benoit um, versus Kurt Angle. But this match is not yeah. going to be there. Eddie and Benoit are not going to be in there. But th- yeah, this match, it was quick, it was hard, it was like, and not only that, it was, I mean, if you look at it, it's spotty, but it's not spotty at the same time. Like, you're seeing one yeah. person do a move to another person, but it doesn't feel like that because it's so fluid. Like, they didn't do tags, which meant that one person would go out, like our Ring of Honor stuff. One person would go out, someone else would come in, and then. They just pick it up. It was like wasps, wasn't it? They were yeah. Just like... And I think you were saying as well. They w- they weren't young. Like I think only no. I think only Tucker and um, Hannah, what's his name? Nanua. Dick, Dick Tiger is quite young here as well. He's yeah. Nanua. Um, I think. Oh, or Hamad. No, one of them. But most of these guys were ten it years. Wasn't great. Ten years past their young boy era. All of yeah. them. But um, Tucker was the youngest in the match. I was watching it. I was thinking, where the fuck was this Tucker Michinoku when he was in WWF? Again, but this is this is what we were saying earlier about the WWF style, where the style actual in-ring competition, especially 1997, was just slow. And as you yeah. described it last time, Car Crash TV, it was more about the gimmicks and the storylines than it was about the actual in-ring yeah. product, wasn't it? What about you, Sam, uh, as well, a non-wrestling purist? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I think I really enjoyed the fact that we started this list with three completely different styles, and James mentioned that as we were watching at the time, he said that first of all, but completely different styles for every single one. Apart from Lucha, we've, we've covered most of them really. I mean, yeah. it was impressive. I mean, it was impressive for a different reason. Because yeah, you just had to just sit there and just kind of try and take it in. And it was so hard. I think that's the sort of match you do need to watch a couple of times for starters to get their names. And then just to really take in what you're seeing because it's just so different to what we're used to seeing. Um, and the guy who, you still not decided what his name was, but I think it was Grand Minoir. Um, first of all, I thought he was the Green Ranger. Um, yeah. I've decided to call him Peter Pan now yeah. because of um, all the flying around that he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I thought he was quite impressive. And I mean, they all they all were, but it was just there was too much going on. It was crazy. But I did really enjoy that, and you just you sort of in awe of this 
completely different style that you're not used to seeing. Um, and also, right, the mat makes so much noise every time anyone hit it. Is that because of the crap quality in ECW, or is that just because it's Japanese wrestling? Do you um, know? It'd be a mixture of both. Yeah, because that was every time it was like you guys, really the guys, hard. The guys bump hard. They throw yeah. themselves to bumps, but also you got to remember that it's in that dirty old bin. <laughs> the mat, the, the ring's probably about quality. thirty years old, yeah. and, and there's probably a lot more wood than there is. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like just mat. slamming, slamming down. <laughs> the mic's as, gone. As the mic goes, <laughs> including the microphone. That's what I mean, but. They are just bumping hard, and the ring and the aircraft. Again, it's like Dan back to earlier saying the quality of what ECW was. It was just about the actual in-ring action, not the presentation. Yeah, it was gritty. It felt gritty, and it felt mm. right. I mean, even though we know what happened to ECW, and we know it was like so many years ago, watching it then, it felt like I was watching my indie promotion, gritty indie promotion mm-hmm. that had like some. It felt like an RPW show that we were going to. It yeah. did actually. You know. Um, it felt like when we go to an RPW show, you have that match before the break. This was a match before the break. Gets us all hyped up, yeah. and then it's break time. It was definitely a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, so, Sam, is it worthy of being one in the top 100? And should it have been 97? Should it have been higher? Should it have been higher? Especially compared to what we've seen so far. Um, Compared to what we've seen so far, I would say it's about about right. It's, it's, it's hard because... um. Would I decide to watch this another ten times? Probably not, but I have a lot of respect for that match because actually that is really impressive. But I think maybe it's just because it's so gritty, which is really awful for me to say because that's not fair. But the wrestling was really impressive. Mm. I just don't know if I could watch that. I wouldn't maybe not prefer that style of wrestling, but that's just what I'm used to. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, because it definitely deserves to be where it is. Because we've seen not some, higher. We've seen some Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Right, so. Um. James? Yes. Now, this might Jeez. surprise you a little bit, but I don't think this match should be in the top 100. You don't? Really? No, because even though it's a great wrestling match, in the context of what it is, it's great. That The in-ring work is amazing, and it's a great spectacle for American fans to see what another company in another country has a style of wrestling. But there was, I think for it to be, because of, I think number one puts the WWE list, and number two for it to be American audiences. I know the ECW crowd, I'm just I'm purely thinking of it from an ECW standpoint as a wrestling fan. I think because there'd been no backstory, just simply six wrestlers from another country put into the ring like here's the match, just enjoy it. That's fine. But I feel that there's so many other matches that could have been inserted into this list. Especially from the era. Because I know like for me personally, I think you could have maybe it might be higher than this, but a match like Jushin Liger versus Brian Pillman would have been much better sitting in this position, I think, because you've got Brian Pillman, who was a WCW guy, Jushin Liger would be one of the biggest names in Japanese wrestling still to this day, would have been suited better. Maybe that match hopefully will appear higher up in the list as we go through, but I don't think this match should have been in our list because it hasn't got anyone or any sort of relevance to an audience. It's a nice, different match, but I don't think it's relevant for the audience. Do you think there's too many more that are better than this yeah. match? Yeah. Well, I mean, don't wrong, I've not, I've seen probably, I mean, I love Japanese wrestling. I love pure wrestling. But I feel that for the names that are in this match, only the great Sasuke mm. is of that well known. I mean, we all know Dick Togo, he's a name you've heard before, before, but Ataka is a young boy here, really. So, 
I think there's more matches that an American audience could have seen with Japanese wrestlers. I've seen better Japanese matches. Yeah. But what, from the modern era? Yeah. Yeah, but then that's because you've that's been... That's probably because it's probably the only one I've seen. You've, you've, been, you've been lucky enough to see I've seen it Tanahashi. Live. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to take away from the match. It's no. a very, very good match. But for me, I think a one-on-one, a singles match would be better than the multi-man match here because multi-man matches are sort of like this are ten a penny in Japan and you can go and watch any show in Japan and this would have been on like the low to mid card match. I agree with that. Because these guys are all mid cards really, apart from Great Sasuke or Suzuki. Um, I think I think it's hard to say because obviously we don't know what's coming up but I think I tend to agree with you. I think I I personally feel like this has been shoved onto the list for WWE to sort of go Look at this different style. Look at these different wrestlers exactly. that we have. Exactly. It's there because it's different, not because of the actual match itself. Yeah. And not only that, I, I've kind of glanced over the list, and I know it's modern era, and we're obviously talking about we wanted other Japanese stuff, but, for instance, this is a six-man tag, mm-hmm. so I'm going to compare it against other six-man tags I know. There's only two Shield matches on the whole list, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm sorry, they're the best. They are the six-man tags. That's six-man tags, yeah. And if you're going to give me a six-man tag match, was, I'm going to compare it to a Shield Yeah, match. I was actually sitting there thinking in my head about six-man, the Shield six-man tags. Yeah. In my head, when I thought about this, I was thinking, well, this is a good six-man tag, but this ain't what we're used and to I, in WWE. And yeah. that actually contradicts what I said about us being used to that slower WWE style. Yeah. But not modern day, because obviously modern day WWE is completely different now. But then I also think that to the, what we've the, got. the great thing about the Shield, and that's the reason why the Shield were that, was because they weren't modern WWE style. They were the Japanese sort of style. You know, you had Seth Rollins diving all over the place. You had, you know, and I've, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the Evolution Shield matches aren't on this list, which are my favourite Shield matches. Mm. And if we were talking about having Japanese wrestlers, then, yeah, I also think you're right. Like, I only personally knew Takuma Chinoko. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of Japanese wrestlers. I want to see Yushu in front of Liger. I want to see Rey Mysterio. I want to see... Um, where, where's the Great Masada? Where's... Um, Pumintu Guerrero. Yeah, Ultimate oh, Dragon, where's this guy? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they could have put the freaking, like I said, the Great Sasuke and Pegasus kid match in this in New Japan. Well, they couldn't have because it's WWE Network. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, I, mean, I oh, think sorry. what you said, like Brian Pillman against Yushin from Like, I haven't seen a lot of Brian Pillman, and I would like to watch that. Brian Pillman was a great worker, he was one of the best workers. He was one of, like I say, when you talk about in that late 80s to early 90s style of wrestling, he was one of the pioneers of that junior heavyweight style in America. Yeah. But for, a, for what he would be in Japan as a gaijin coming back to America with that style at the time. And I hope that no, makes. Just so you know, gaijin is what they call. Foreign wrestlers, yeah, in Japan. foreign wrestlers in Japan. Some non-Japanese wrestlers, they call them gaijins. I've never heard that word before. Well, this is the whole point yeah. you're learning. This whole yeah, thing. the Japanese wrestlers, because um, a lot of people don't like the fact that gaijins win um, like the super juniors. That's, well, that's, why, that's why the Bullet Club are so super healed in Japan. They're so hated. But like, it's racist. <laughs> but like, oh yeah, it says, says us we watch WWE, Brucev. Um, so, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't think it should be in the top 100, but I think it does deserve a spotlight. I think that's the problem. Um, but there's probably a load of other matches in ECW that do deserve the yeah. spotlight. Well, they, they, could have had, they could have been Mike Awesome against Masato 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 Tanaka. Where is Tanaka? Masato Tanaka. So these Japanese words are all getting gibberish since late at night. So, yeah. Yeah, personally, I think... Yeah, I don't think it does. Um, 
So that was number 98. We've got 97 to go. Next up will be Natalia facing Charlotte at NXT TakeOver. Something completely different. So now to what we've we gone through all these different styles, and now we finally hit the women. Do you yeah. know what? Do you reckon they've done that on purpose? Maybe. They've gone for every day of their I mean, let, Let's face it, let's call it what it is, okay? A lot of these matches on this list are going to be WWE going, why don't you go to the WWE Network and check this match yeah, out? No, okay, it's, that's it's, all it's going to be. But it's going to be a very refreshing take for us. We've, we've had, like I say, Samson, we've had... We've had... Emotional, oh, oh, we've had power, yeah. we've had quick. Well, now I, I want to say we've had sort of modern era NXT indies to the big time wrestling. We've had historic Monday Night Wars, Goldberg, WCW finished draw with DDP, two big faces from WCW and the whole of the country, company. And then we've had a crazy six-man match from All Japan's Midcard. Yeah. That's if that ain't variety right there, man, I don't know what the fuck it is. I quite like the um the wrestling time travelling we're doing though to be fair. Yeah. It's quite nice. When we this podcast is great, but it's nice to just literally bounce around and to not really know what's going on. Especially for us, I mean when you listen to our main show, we're just reviewing the ruthless aggression era. And we've had some great matches. We've had some shit. We've had a lot of shit. A lot of shit. So this is a real nice change of pace for us and I think you can probably tell and actually we haven't really got to worry about storylines here, we're just worrying about the actual what's going Content, on in the ring yeah. and we we really focused heavily on storylines and angles throughout our sort of through that the evolution of this podcast well through what we've been podcasting so yeah. i hope you're enjoying it as much as we're enjoying this at the moment yeah so uh, join us for the next one number 97 which will be uh the tiny against charlotte